Should we be disappointed with the Steelers hiring Arthur Smith as their offense coordinator? Should we be excited with Kellen Moore going to Philadelphia? It's time to break down the latest offensive coordinator news as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher, NFL Network, and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're playing seasonal, DFS, year-round. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day as well. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your best bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. All right, Michelle, you're back on today's show. We talked and set up the free agents for y'all yesterday. Today, we're going to look at some more offensive coordinator news. There's just going to be more of this. A lot of changes, again, in coaching staffs, people taking jobs, people getting fired, all kinds of stuff. But uh, we have several notable hires already, and we'll dive into them on today's show. But first, Michelle, we're going to start with the two guys. Surprise us all. They're staying put here. Ben Johnson in Detroit. Bobby Slowick in Houston. I mean, this is just great news. Slowick even got a raise. I guess Ben Johnson didn't find that $15 million deal he was looking for to be a head coach. It's absolutely amazing news for fantasy. Like this is a great start to the off season. Huge. Cause it would have been so hard to figure out where to rank these tech, these great players on tech, uh, on the Texans and on the lions, not knowing the differences that they would have had with their OCs gone. This is huge for Amon Ross and Fromm because now we can feel confident in really bumping him up our rankings. Like he was going to go in the first round no matter if Ben Johnson left or stayed, but now I can feel confident taking him there. And honestly, when you look at Amon Ross, how many wide receivers are you taking over him? Because when I'm looking at this, there's three guys that I would feel like I, I'm still going to take over Amon Ross. It's Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb, and Justin Jefferson if, Chris, uh, if Kirk Cousins is back. But then after that, it's a Monroe St. Brown for me. Yeah, I would maybe put Jamar Chase in that mix, especially if T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd leave. He could just be an absolute target monster there with other people and Joe Burrow coming back healthy, right? I think that's the one guy that you would put in. But Monroe St. Brown wouldn't drop much more than that. I mean, he's four or five. So whatever you're looking at with him is in PPR leagues, he's probably higher because of his volume and being the number one target in this offense, they'll get somebody else. We assume here at wide receiver, but they'll probably also lose Josh Reynolds. They're not going to change too much of what worked, right? They have a great offense line, good running game, good inside receivers with him and Sam Laporta. So it's really hard, Michelle. We've had so much offensive coordinator turnover. Trying to figure out stuff from year to year is just so difficult when there's changes. I mean, we've had basically the entire league change their play calling, except maybe the 49ers in recent years. So it's tough, right? I mean, that's why some of these teams get to the Super Bowl because there's stability. They know what they're getting out of their coaching staff. So, look, this is huge. You're right. I mean, 
I'm on Ross St. Brown, so I'm Laporta going to year two. That's going to be great. It's going to help Jared Goff being a good matchup-based quarterback continue to do that. It's good for Jameer Gibbs because he got used to using him in the right way. So, yeah, just a big surprise. I mean, this was getting to the point where Eminem was about to write about Ben Johnson leaving. So now that he's staying, this is that's how big of a game changer it is. I mean, the Lions fans kind of just assumed he would be gone, and now he's back, and they've got to be excited. I think we're excited as fantasy football players as well. Yeah, I, even with like Jameer Gibbs, that makes me way more confident in him for next year as well. We talked about this a, a few episodes ago that David Montgomery is still going to be involved. And I would expect a lot of the same happening in this backfield. But we did kind of see the shift to Gibbs way more often towards the second half of this year, even when Montgomery did come back from injury. So like when you're looking at where he's going to go in 2024 drafts, there's not a whole lot of running backs that I'm like, ooh, I need him over Gibbs, right? There's yeah. obviously Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor. I'm still probably going to go Bijan Robinson over Gibbs just because hopefully he'll get a, you know, I feel more confident that he can get a workhorse type of role before Gibbs. Brees Hall, maybe Kyron Williams kind of on the line there if, if he's yeah. still like the, the only guy with the Rams. But after that, I mean, Gibbs might not get touches we want, but he's so explosive. And we know the Lions love to score rushing touchdowns. With Ben Johnson back, I think Gibbs now becomes a, a late first-round pick confidently as well. Yeah, I think he's definitely a RB1, right, in the top 12. First round, I mean, we'll just see how it sorts out in the end, depending on certain people maybe retiring or fading, all these type of things. Travis Kelsey may not be a first-rounder anymore, so those type of things we'll look at overall. But another good news that's coming out of this is Jameson Williams. He learned how to use him a little bit better, so maybe develop him more as a receiver, especially if Reynolds goes and they need a consistent guy. Williams needs to prove he's a little bit more than a big play threat for this team. Part of it is, again, he hasn't been on the field. He's had an injury. He's had a suspension. So maybe a full year being on the field here with Ben Johnson will mean good things. But I would think – one of their priorities also would be upgrading receiver again, and they just need a little bit more weaponry, so that could be even better news for Jared Goff. Now, let's go to the other situation here, Bobby Slowick, staying with C.J. Stroud. So what do you expect here? I mean, how high do you want to take him? I mean, he was a QB1 when you look at it, but not flying off the boards, right? He was more at the back end, QB10, 11, 12, but that was definitely exceeding expectations because he's a rookie, and he was an undrafted player in most fantasy football leagues. So where are you feeling CJ Stroud? Do you kind of point the arrow up? Is it saying the same? What do you think this Texans offense is going to do with Slowick back? I mean, this is huge for Stroud just with his development to keep the same OC, a yeah. guy that we know how to call plays and get guys open for Stroud. This is absolutely huge for this Texans offense. I cannot understate that or overstate that, I should say. Uh, but when it comes to fantasy, the thing with Stroud, because he doesn't have the rush, like he doesn't put up the rushing numbers, he, for him to have a huge game in any given week, it has to be about like that, those three touch. he has to throw three touchdowns, nearly 300 passing yards to have that upside of being a top three quarterback in that week, in that uh, week, which others just don't have to do, right? So he's definitely a, a good distance behind the top guys and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and, you know, Mahomes, Lamar, even Dak. And I'm still taking Justin Fields over Stroud, depending on where he goes, right? We don't even know if he has a starting gig next year. But if Fields gets a starting role, then I'm still going with Fields. But then I think we get into some harder questions. Would you go with Justin Herbert or C.J. Stroud? Yeah. 
That, that's a good question. I mean, I'd probably go Herbert in for a couple reasons that I would consider here. CJ Stroud, look, there's two outcomes I could see for him. He could bump up to Brock Purdy level, right? He did lead the league in terms of average passing yards per game when he was out there. He missed two games, but he was thrown for 270 yards. I don't know if that's going to happen again necessarily in this offense, right? I think they want to be like the 49ers, like running-based, use the receivers much like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and maybe we'll see Dalton Schultz is a free agent, so we'll have to see if they keep him or go in a different direction at tight end or want to expand Brevin Jordan's role or something like that. So that's one thing we're going to watch. And then, yeah, so you look at that, I mean, you also see the other version of this, right, Tua Taibolo. Like if he's putting up yards, which Tua did at a high level, and touchdowns, if you don't run, you really need the touchdowns, right? That's what it comes down to. So it's interesting. We have to see what they do in the backfield. Devin Singletary is a free agent. They're done with Damian Pierce. That's not going to change with Slowick still there and running that system. So very interesting to see if they want to become more like the 49ers, right, overall. Not saying that I wouldn't take these receivers because, look, Brian Ayuk and Debo Samuel were both wide receiver ones this year in terms of average scoring. So when you look at that, I'm carrying all those parallels from the 49ers, and that makes me excited to see what Houston can do next. Yeah, and I think Slowak's been better at getting guys open d- deep down the field, right? I mean, we just yeah. see these really explosive plays with Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Like, both of those guys, I'm all the way in again with Bobby Slowak there. Tank Dell to the moon. So excited to see him back. But, yeah, he's going to be one of those hot commodities. This, I, I'm sure his draft cost is going to be a little pricey, going to make us all nervous. But I do expect a really nice year from him. It's going to come down to can his smaller frame stay healthy because he did suffer two injuries in his rookie season. So that will be the biggest worry. Hopefully his uh, – he I just actually met him this past weekend, took a picture yeah, with him. He is fun. very small. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully his body can hold up in the NFL. But I'm very excited to see both of these offenses uh, roll back with their OCs next year. Yeah, I think you do look at him kind of like the Debo, right? I mean, he's a versatile guy. You can put him in just the open field. about half the size of Debo. Yeah, that's the only thing. But Debo also has durability issues, right, for being a mm-hmm. bigger guy. So he's also not being able to stay healthy. Nico Collins, I think, is a lot like Brandon Ayuk. So if you want to play those comparisons here, I think you have upside for both these guys. But you're right. I think I would prefer Dell just because of everything he can do. And he was a better, more explosive scorer when he was on the field than Collins. So, and obviously Collins' production was related to Dell not being there. So if I had to go with a a choice of these uh, receivers, I would look at these guys as early as wide receiver twos. I think Dell, I might get aggressive to get him. (laughs) He could be as a wide receiver two, but I might be more inclined to go after him a little bit higher depending on how he recovers from his injury. So something to watch there. And we'll get into Michelle's favorite part of the show, breaking down Arthur Smith, her favorite former Falcons head coach, and her favorite team, marrying now, as the Steelers have him as the offense corner. We'll look at that. Then we'll look at the Eagles situation. Kel Moore rebounds, as well as Ken Dorsey, two college quarterbacks of note have new gigs. But first, we got to hear more from one of our fine sponsors. This episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die live. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors 
has got you covered. With more than 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with today's eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to customers in the U.S. All right, Michelle, it is uh, time to kind of show, and I'll let you have this floor first. And this is uh, probably something you want to get off your chest. I know you had a few things like this. Yeah, this week, but I'm going to give you one more here. So go ahead, just take it. Arthur Smith, the Steelers, what was your first reaction to this? I think you text me right and right away, and I said, oh, no, this is not going to be good. No, it's not good. I mean, the Steelers went from Matt Canada to another uh, offensive play caller who couldn't score any points. Like, I, I understand the one good year he had with the Titans. Like, cool. But now, the last few years with the Falcons, it's been miserable. I mean, his team average under 19 points per game this year. Um, not great. But also, over his three seasons with the Falcons, they averaged 19.6 points per game. They had four total games since 2021 scoring 30-plus points. Like, this is just the same thing that we saw from Matt Canada where they don't put up any points and like really with Smith how many times have we seen him use the most insane players instead of his star talents and huge moments uh especially near the goal line instead of just giving Bijan Robinson who drafted so highly some carries around the goal line you'd get Patterson involved or um John not John Smith uh am I thinking of it right John Smith yeah he was involved yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah, he just don't bring John Smith to Pittsburgh. I mean, he's no. been in Tennessee with you. He's been in Atlanta, so don't bring him there. But here's what what I'll say about this. I mean, Arthur Smith actually wasn't a bad offensive coordinator, right? He got he got too crazy when he had too much power, and he didn't know what to do with the other coaches throwing shade at him. That was his problem, right? Maybe get him back to doing this, but. We know, Michelle, this is a little bit on Mike Tomlin, right? He wants to have this grindy team where you run the ball and play defense and win that way. And he doesn't this is necessarily a hire want to, open... to be nine and seven again, nine and seven, yeah. ten and six. This is yeah, the exact wanna... hire you make to make sure that you can make the yeah. playoffs but still get your butts kicked in the wild card round. That's exactly this type of hire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Mike Tomlin has always leaned a little bit wanting more conservative, but guess who they did really well with? It was Bruce Arians, right? Going, I'm taking it back a little bit, but Bruce Arians and Ben Roethlisberger, that was a great combination for a little while, right? And when they got aggressive, it's worked. But I think they're just afraid a little bit. And look, the one thing that you know, maybe Mike Tomlin was looking more at the running game, right? The running game had some potential down the stretch. The offensive line played a little bit better. But Najee Harris looked really good. So this could be a good development for Najee Harris. If you look at the parallels, obviously between Derrick Henry in Tennessee, Bijan Robinson, and then you worked in that second back, right? Quite a bit with Tyler Algier in Atlanta. So you figure there's going to be a role for Jalen Warren as well in this backfield. So look, it's at least good news for them because I think there's going to be some volume. We can say what we said about him in Atlanta, but at least I think he's going to really have a good impact on the running backs. As far as the quarterback, that's where my big concern is. 
Yeah, I don't know if he can fix Kenny Pickett. But to be fair, I don't know if anyone would have been able to fix Kenny Pickett. Uh, but, yeah. it, you know, Arthur Smith does use play action a ton. And all quarter – I shouldn't say all, but most quarterbacks are much better. They have much better stats than using play action, right? But Kenny Pickett does have really nice stats playing, you know, in, using play action. Yeah. I will say his air yards per attempt are down to 4.6 under play action this year. So, of course, his efficiency is going to look better in terms of completion percentage and passer rating. But at least that was up with play action. Maybe we get more of that, more motion, more creativity. We'll see. I'm. They have to fix their offensive line. That's huge. Like, the thing with the Falcons is that they put a lot of money into the offensive line. They had a really good run-blocking offensive line. That helped Arthur Smith in the run game. In Tennessee, he had Derek freaking Henry. Like, yeah. I don't think he has the offensive line or the running back that he's had. So, I don't want to give him credit for the Titans having such a r- good run game. Like, yeah, you had Derek Henry, who's one of the best running backs of our generation. Like, cool. Uh, I'm not excited for this hire whatsoever. I don't love this for George Pickens either. I mean, I know A.J. Brown had a nice season under Arthur Smith, but also at the same time, I mean, we've seen A.J. Brown have way better seasons without him, right? It was like, it was still limiting what A.J. Brown should be doing. Um, So I don't know. This just... It's just a Steelers hire. That's exactly who they're going to hire. It just fits perfectly. They couldn't get, you know, they couldn't go young and exciting and try to stay in today's time. They had to go with a super boring hire. They're going to keep scoring 17 to 20 points a game at max. And they're going to go 10 and 6 or 10 and 7, I should say, um, and lose 30 to 7 in the wild card round. Well, I think the one thing actually, and this is a bit of a maybe – thing that people have forgotten here. Kenny Pickett is a great athlete, right? And I don't think they used him as much. I mean, you saw him run in college. You saw him run in the testing before the draft. I don't think that part of his skill set was used properly, right? And get him on the move, design some runs for him, get that going, right? He's a very good athlete. So I think maybe he unlocks a little bit more of that. I'm not saying Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke provided a blueprint that we want to necessarily follow, but we've seen this before, this type of offense, right? With Ryan Tannehill, they used his mobility a little bit better to use his deep arm where Tannehill had that and he just needed to kind of move off the spot and get it downfield. So maybe that helps. Uh, again, I, I'm going to have to reserve judgment until I see them out there. I mean, let's just say it couldn't be much worse than what we saw last season. So let's keep that in mind. Like it, he's going to at least have some concepts that put people on the move here. And again, I, definitely looking at his makeup, this is a guy that I don't think will ever be a head coach again. I just don't think he can handle that type of power. But if Mike Tomlin's keeping him in check and making him play complementary offense to what they're doing, it will be a little bit better. I'm not pointing the arrow up at all. But uh, one question we wanted to end on here is looking at Pat Framuth. Like, could he be a big part of what they do? Now, look, Kyle Pitts, we know what that was. But he did involve Johnny Smith, as we mentioned. And you go back to Tennessee, the tight end was somewhat featured. Does this help Pat Fremuth after a decent end of the season for him after coming back from the injury? Well, we do have to remember, like, Johnny Smith, when he was with the Titans, everyone wanted him to be featured, remember? Like, everyone was yeah. super excited for him. They're like, oh, he's, you know, athletic and talented. He needs to be used more. He was never used more, but also he's gone to other places. Like, he's just not that guy. Kyle Pitts, on the other hand, like, we've been so excited – or. You know, at least his rookie season, he did do well under Arthur Smith. So there's that. Um, But then he just hasn't been utilized enough. Maybe it's the quarterbacks. Maybe the quarterbacks just couldn't hit him. 
uh, couldn't see the field on time. Maybe we can put it all on Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke and, you know, but I guess this is better for Pat Fryermuth, but still I'm just defeated. That's how I feel. I feel defeated. Well, I think it'll be better than you think it is, but Again, I'm not I'm not going to point the arrow up. Let's just say that. I'm not going to push it up on most of these guys. I think maybe with Harrison Warren, I do just based on the rushing track record, right? I think yeah. you have to do that based on the volume. But I'm going to maybe keep it status quo, which wasn't great for all these guys. And then we'll see what happens. I mean, again, it was pretty bad this year. So we'll see. Maybe Arthur Smith not having other responsibilities will make him more effective and be the guy that they actually hired for that inspiration in Atlanta. So yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but I'm much more excited about the next couple of hires we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll we'll dig into the Eagles and Browns offense with their new offensive coordinators in just a second here, but let's hear from one of our great sponsors. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I personally am insanely excited to watch my 49ers in the biggest game of the year with good friends, good food, and good bets. My favorite Super Bowl bet is Travis Kelsey. Anytime touchdown score at plus 105 odds. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two. Or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so, so much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every mo- moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, we got two interesting hires, I'll say. I don't know if I'm excited about them, but they're very, very interesting. So Kellen Moore goes to the Eagles, uh, and then Ken Dorsey goes to the Browns. But let's start with Kellen Moore with the Eagles, because this is an interesting fit for me. I don't know how well Kellen Moore fits with Jalen Hurts' play style. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, he did really help Dak Prescott, right? Dak Prescott mm-hmm. put up some big numbers, and it was really hard to evaluate Kellen Moore's lone season with the Chargers because I think it had got off to a good start when Mike Williams was out there, right? I think we didn't get to see with the deep downfield passing game, and Josh Palmer was hurt for a while. Quentin Johnson was very slow to develop on the outside. So you really couldn't see this receiving core beyond Keenan Allen for the most part. I mean, Palmer looked good when he got the opportunities to stretch the field, but he was hurt too. So I think you just have to give him – I'm not going to give him a pass, but I'm going to give him an incomplete, right, for what we saw with the Chargers. Uh, and I had high expectations. Remember how the buzz was with – Justin Herbert in the preseason. Oh, this is a great combination. So I think Kelmore is a very smart offensive coach. I think personnel is going to be pretty critical here for what the Eagles do because they have to decide whether they want to get DeAndre Swift. I think this is going to probably make A.J. Brown stay, right, because they like to stretch the field in this offense, be aggressive. We saw him get more out of Michael Gallup, quite frankly, when he was there in Dallas. And look, uh, I think you'll have more – explosiveness overall i think he'll do better for dallas goddard here overall because look he did a pretty good job with uh, dalton schultz and then gerald everett but dallas goddard is a whole different type of guy stretching the field so i think it helps him so i think there's some nice concepts here i think the biggest question for the eagles 
We'll see if Jason Kelsey does retire. They might have to worry about the offensive line. They might have to change up the way they do their running game, right? I mean, I think they need to clean it up a little bit. Maybe we could get the Tony Pollard-Ezekiel Elliott combination going. Do they trust DeAndre Swift, who's a free agent, to handle kind of that lightning role in this backfield? So a lot of question marks that go with Kellen Moore, but I like some of the play designs, concepts. I think what you'll see, however, is Jalen Hurts maybe pivot more to being a passing quarterback where he's not taking all these ridiculous hits and getting hurt. And we know that shove is not going to work as well without Kelsey in the middle right behind him. So they have to be very careful and not just get him beat up year after year with this running approach. So I think you'll see a little bit more transition to Jalen Hurts throwing downfield in more opportunities, extending plays versus just taking off and running, which I think you already saw some of that last year. Yeah, and I think this is this could be a really good hire for Devonta Smith to be more involved yeah. without needing an injury to Dallas Goddard, right? So I, I do think Kellen Moore has shown that he likes to spread the ball around. I mean, with CeeDee Lamb, it took us a while to get him to have that huge target load, right? It was not until there was literally no one left for the Cowboys uh, in 2022. Like, it even it, it started slowly, too. CeeDee Lamb didn't start to see, like, a heavy amount of targets until it was like, okay, he's the only guy we can trust. Yeah. Um, and then this year with the Chargers, we saw him spreading the ball around to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen until Mike Williams got hurt. And then he tried to get the ball to Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen until, you know, Josh Palmer got hurt. He tried to quit Quentin Johnson, but I mean, he was just yeah. really poopy. <laughs> so there's nothing he could do there. So I do think he's going to spread the ball around more, but I think that's okay for AJ Brown. AJ Brown actually saw more targets this year than he saw in 2022, but his yards per reception went way down. So yeah. pretty much the same amount of uh, receiving yards. I think his targets can go down a little bit, but his yards per reception will go back up and AJ Brown will be just fine. But this does make me a bit higher on Devonta Smith. Um, moving on to the Brown side, though, because they bring in Ken Dorsey. And I think yeah. this is an interesting hire for them as well. Again, don't know if it's good or bad. But do you think with this move, because we saw Ken Dorsey with the Bills, they passed a lot, right? And they barely ran with their running backs. It was all Josh Allen. So with Deshaun Watson, does he lean more? Does Dorsey lean more in Deshaun Watson passing, rushing more than he is with giving the ball to Nick Chubb, you know, 300 times if he's healthy enough to do that? Yeah, that, that is a good point here. When you look at it, I mean, Brown's offense has been about Nick Chubb in the running game, and they'll should, they should get Chubb fully healthy back here. He got hurt early this season. They should also get... There are two tackles, Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin back. So this is going to be a very good offensive line. But I think why Ken Dorsey's here is getting those big plays downfield. I mean, they probably did too much of that, right? With Josh Allen, they had to rein it in a little bit. And like, and you probably will see him feed Amari Cooper quite a bit, like Josh Allen was feeding Stefan Diggs. And uh, it's interesting because the Amari Cooper connection, it was – not really warmed up too much, right? He had Deshaun Watson having the suspension, then he had the injury. So they're kind of still getting reacquainted or acquainted period here in this offense. So when you think about that, will it open up for other guys to be productive? Will there be some more big play element? Probably, right? And I think what they want to do is maximize Deshaun Watson's downfield passing and have him pick his spots for running. So I think it is a good influence on Deshaun Watson given his skill set, but you're right. I think this could maybe not the best Nick Chubb situation. They're just not going to lean on the run going forward. You're investing a lot in your quarterback and your passing game. You need to kind of see some results there downfield. So maybe it's that old school mentality that a lot of uh, old coaches had was 
pass to score, run to win type thing. And if that's the case, then you'll probably see a very pass-heavy team 60 to 65% of the time. Yeah, I mean, with the Bills uh, this year, the split with Dorsey versus Brady was massive. Uh, ten, It went up 10% more uh, uh, rushing plays uh, with Brady than Dorsey. And when you look at the, the differences between how the Bills used their running backs with versus the Browns. So the Bills had the second fewest rushing attempts by running backs among all teams during the span that Dorsey was OC, while the Browns have had the third most rushing attempts by running backs over the last two seasons. So completely different opposite sides here. The do- this does make me a little bit nervous about the workload that Nick Chubb will see, but I do think it pushes up Deshaun Watson a good little bit here. I, I think this is a good move for Deshaun Watson. And you brought up Amari Cooper. Do you think he will get hyper-targeted like Stephon Diggs did get when Dorsey was there? Yeah, it was interesting because you had one guy dominating the targets and then you pivoted a lot to the middle of the field, right? Once Dorsey was gone, it was a lot of Dalton Kincaid, a little bit of Dawson Knox when he came back healthy, a lot of Khalil Shakir in the middle of the field, not forcing it to Gabe Davis or the longer plays here. So I think, again, Ken Dorsey is a little bit more aggressive, we know, than Joe Brady. And I think Joe Brady does a little bit better job adjusting to what kind of the mindset of that offense needs at a time. And he's shown that in multiple stops here, but I think Ken Dorsey is going to do what he wants to do a little bit in terms of, okay, we're going to come in with this game plan. We'll start with the Mark Cooper, David and Joko. I think they need a third receiver target to step up someone who can stretch the field, right? Is it going to be Cedric Tillman? Will he have a bigger role? Will they look at Elijah Moore in this or just realize he should probably just be a little slot guy and they need to have a real field stretcher on the outside? So I think the Browns need to make wide receiver priority. They also have David Bell that has shown a little bit there. So I I think you'll see, again, this is probably good for Cooper. It's probably okay for Njoku, but I think finding that other option is going to determine if we'll see. I think they'll give us a little bit of a tell, right? If they're a little bit aggressive, adding some help at wide receiver, drafting, I think you'll know, okay, they want some depth. They want to throw the ball a little bit more. If they're like, okay, we need to maybe get some other help and Harrison Bryant's a free agent and go in that direction, more like that with tight ends. And it's like, okay, we might have some of this running offense and we'll see an adjustment from Ken Dorsey from what he showed in Buffalo. So watching this very, very carefully, but I would say on the surface, Michelle, I think it's an arrow up for Watson, maybe a little bit of arrow down for Chubb, especially coming off that injury. They're both coming off injury, but I think arrow up for Watson and maybe Chubb a little bit down. I still think he's a worthy RB one, but just be prepared if things are kind of scale back with him next year. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. Uh, I'll definitely have Watson up higher in my rankings. Not like super high, but higher than I would have uh, if they, like Dorsey definitely makes me feel better about him. Just being used more, the, pa- using him more as a passer and as a runner. We know Watson was so mobile and he did crazy things uh, with the Texans. And I just feel like he hasn't shown any of that. Bit. I mean, yeah much of that ability with the Browns. So yeah, these two offenses should look much more uh, explosive and exciting this year than they are this upcoming year than they were this past year. Yeah. I do like quarterbacks calling plays, former quarterbacks. And these guys won a ton of games. I mean, I'm a college football fan. I know Kellen Moore very well from Boise state, Ken Dorsey. Well, from Miami and these guys had very successful college careers. That's why they've translated into this job. So I like quarterbacks 
helping quarterbacks, if that makes sense, to uh, be the best quarterback they can be. So I think we'll definitely get that from both situations. Now, a lot of things are in flux here with coaching staffs. We have a new Seahawks head coach. You're looking at uh, the Buccaneers deciding what they want to do. The Saints are exploring their new offensive coordinator. So a lot of things, and we'll get you caught up and covered with all that here this offseason as we uh, wait a little bit for Super Bowl 58 and the 49ers and Chiefs to, to take the field. But until then, this has been Vinny Iyer for Locked on Fantasy Football. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.